As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ying.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Long ago, before this day's confusion did begin. Throughout the stars did we go wandering Distance was no barrier And time it had no hope Free to come And free to go Free to come And free to Open up the book, the book of stars, open up the book. Hello everyone and welcome to Karmic Evolutions Astrologically Speaking. I'm your host, Sherry Horn Hassan of Karmic Evolution Astrology. And I'm coming to you today on June 20th, 2019 from Contact Talk Radio. Just a quick reminder that this show aims to bring you the truth about astrology and your soul's karmic evolution. Today, my guest is Mitchell Lewis, professional medical and financial astrologer and lecturer and writer, who I'll be introducing properly in just a few minutes. And also, later in the show, he'll be giving away a free copy of his upcoming NCGR Philly Lecture, A Survival Guide to America's Pluto Return and the Great Capricorn Alignment of 2020 to One Lucky Winner. Now, that'll be hot off the presses because the, um, the lecture is actually happening this Sunday. So, um, and it'll be at least two hours, two and a half hours. So, this is a, a really great giveaway. And don't forget, you can check my Karmic Evolution Facebook page every Monday to see if and what the new free giveaway for that week will be and to get the astro astro news you can use for the week. So first, let's get to, I mean, if you miss it here, uh, we're going to get to next week's astro news you can use or this week's too. So we're under the auspices now of the Sagittarius full moon, which occurred earlier this week on June 17th, and that 
full moon asks us all to release any confusion over what constitutes our larger purpose or mission in this lifetime. And we do this by recognizing the shadow side of the sun's current Gemini energy, which can be communication centered around gossip, rumor, innuendo, distortion, deception, or outright lies. Now, the Sagittarius full moon asks us to figure out what is truth, and not only empirical truths, but what is true for each of us in our heart and soul, regardless of what others think, say, write, broadcast, or do. And this can be tough for some of us, but as we bring Gemini season to a close, there are two important astrological shifts happening tomorrow, June 21st. The first is Neptune and Pisces shifting into retrograde motion, which happens every year for approximately five months, and which happens tomorrow when Neptune stations at 18 degrees, 43 minutes of the sign of the fish. Now, the god of the sea earthquakes and oil remains in backward motion until he stations direct at 15 degrees 55 minutes of Pisces on November 27th. Now Neptune's purpose in part is to help dissolve the ego of all that it has been taught, told, or forced to believe earlier in life or in past lives that doesn't ring true for our more our inner more intuitive soul. As an outer planet, Neptune represents our subconscious psyche and the things we can't necessarily see or prove through logic or scientific reasoning. I mean, experiences of a psychic nature, for example, fall under Neptune's domain. And Neptune also represents our dreams in the sense that it always hopes for a happily ever after scenario, which, you know, in Saturnian real life can often prove impossible. So Saturn most closely represents our ego boundaries. He's the last planet visible by eye. So Neptune's retrograde period this year, while Saturn travels from now until mid-September with the transiting karmic Capricorn south node and Pluto's not far away from them, this tells us, uh, well, it tells us this could turn out to be a rather momentous period during which we can gather the kinds of proof necessary, at least on an anecdotal level, to be able to believe or to have faith in that which we cannot necessarily see. So we have the commencement now of a dance between Saturn's archetypal Capricorn energy, which believes only what it can see or prove scientifically exists, and Neptune's more more glamorous fantasy of a perfect union between souls or a perfect world. And between now and then, our hunches and our feelings may haunt us a bit as we may become unclear about exactly what's going on, particularly in our personal relationships. The purpose, according to Jungian astrologer Aaron Sullivan, of, Nep ne of Neptune's retrograde. Now, a lot of you may know, if you're regular listeners to the show, I love to quote Aaron's book, um, Retrograde Planet. So I'm going to do that again now. Um, quote, the fantasies of a perfect world are created and gradually undone as Neptune transits a house. The retrograde cycles perform the untethering ritual. The annual Sun-Neptune opposition marks the period in which the greatest losses of ego control and boundaries occur. 
whether or not it becomes immediately apparent, and it is a feature of Neptune that it should not, there is a disintegration of worldly form. With each successive cycle, illusions are swept away and new ones are instated. The solid world of what appears to be reality shifts and changes shape, enriching us with new and more elaborate images of what the world is. The dissolution and resolution cycles are part of the natural phenomena of the ever-evolving perceptions that we have of life itself. But the erosion of boundaries between ourselves and our world can be frightening and disorienting, especially when the planet repeatedly contacts personal points during the long-term transits. End quote. So what Sullivan is saying, I think, is summed up nicely by a quote from Shakespeare, which you may have heard me say before as well, which is that when Neptune's involved, nothing is but what is not. Now, Neptune dissolves, as Sullivan says, and its purpose is unity. So where we may unify through empathy, catharsis, emotional bonding of the there but for the grace of God go I sort is our attempt to return to a simpler time when all our needs were met and we lacked for nothing. That time is best represented as our gestation period when we floated in utero happily in our mother's womb and we were fed on demand. We slept when we were tired. We didn't have a care in the world. This is the derivation of Neptune's connotation with wanting to merge so badly that we may be taken in by both another's deception and or our own self-deceit due to such a strong desire. It's also the basis or the foundation behind addiction. And, you know, that's a whole huge topic I'm not going to get into right now. But addiction is really the attempt to escape. And where we are trying to escape to is that place where everything is wonderful and we haven't got a care in the world. Somebody else or others are taking care of us. So it will pay during this Neptune retrograde period to review where we, for the sake of merging with others, or, or, you know, um, becoming one with a, with, with a greater whole. And that's, you know, whether it's on a one-on-one relationship, specific relationship basis or a collective one, um, we, we can review where we may give up or sacrifice our own needs and make them secondary to another or others. So if we do this without any thought of a reward or return, then we know we've got an ego investment in the deal. And that's Saturn's domain. Saturn is the planet of boundaries. And ego tells us, you know, you can't go any further or you'll fall off the earth. And when that's the case, it's always a good idea to stop and question your motives. Because if the deal falls through, there's bound to be resentment and a feeling of having been deceived. So we're tasked during this period to discover where we can draw our boundaries and realize what's ours and what's another's so that we do not mistake a relationship, a job, a move to another place, as just a few examples, as a larger-than-life dream come true. Every silver lining has a cloud, and it's during Neptune's retrograde periods that we may be prone to self-deception as much as the possibility of being deceived by another or others. So question, meditate, 
engage in any creative process to which you're drawn, and wait for answers, since when Neptune's concerned from chaos always emerges clarity eventually. And also, FYI, the Virgo sun will make its annual opposition, the one that Sullivan mentions, this year on September 10th at 17 degrees Pisces. So you may want to make a note of that date and or degree. Meanwhile, shortly after Neptune stations retrograde, the sun moves from chatty, curious Gemini to more nurturing but guarded Cancer, and that's tomorrow, June 21st. So the Cancer archetype, which is so often represented by the crab, which is the tiny, tender, vulnerable morsel of meat to the seagulls above that it develops a shell for self-protection, is ruled by the moon. This tells us that as a water sign, it's prone to moods, oscillations, and intuitions. Now, how many of us, if we had a nickel for every time we intuited something about somebody or a particular situation, would be millionaires if only we'd listened to our gut. It's important now, especially since Neptune's retrograding while the sun shifts into Cancer, to check in with our gut and see how we truly feel. Cancer energy is famous for being about family, mother in particular, children, nurturing, and its ruler, the moon, is always about emotional security, the past, and habitual behavior. So watch now for any defensiveness to rear its head, as the moon also represents the public in mundane astrology, and so has a huge resonance with the collective, which we know, which as we know is influenced as much um, as us individuals by the monthly lunar cycle. So again, we have Neptune retrograding, trying to teach us about What's the appropriate way to merge with others and with the collective as a whole? And the moon, you know, looking at emotional security and what we've learned in the past that's become perhaps habitual but not necessarily healthy behavior. So it pays to go deep about some of that right now. And it's interesting to note that this past week, when Mercury conjoined with Mars and Cancer and both moved into oppositions with first Saturn and then Pluto, both in Capricorn, and the latter, um, Mars opposite Pluto, just perfected late last night, that the collective has been riled up by harsh words and a lot of he said, she said, while the sun's still been in Gemini. Today's news brought word of an Iranian missile fired at a U.S. drone in the Persian Gulf. Iran says the drone violated its airspace, while the U.S. claims it was over international waters near the Gulf. He said, she said, anyone? These are the dying embers now of the, of the movement of the sun uh, at the end of Gemini as it moves tomorrow into Cancer. So the rhetoric between these two countries escalated this week over other issues. Um, including involving an attack on two oil tankers in the Gulf of Oman last week and the Mercury-Mars conjunction this week, as well as their opposition to Saturn and Pluto, clearly brought both warlike actions and words. The question now is how this will continue to play as Neptune's retrograde, making room for all sorts of doubts and insecurities to rise to the surface while the sun's moving into protective, nationalistic cancer. And the U.S., let's not forget, is a cancer sun nation. 
So protective energy as a means to ensure security lies at its core. We're talking about the potential for a lot of nationalistic drumbeating now. Now, by June 24th, Venus will have opposed Jupiter, which actually occurs exact on the 23rd, and squared Neptune, which occurs on the 24th, bringing the goddess of relationships and values into a T-square with these two who exact squared for the second time this year on June 16th. It's going to be interesting to see this waxing T-square build right now over the next few days and through the weekend and whether its energies create an atmosphere of greater spin or deception around the quote-unquote facts and therefore greater protective measures by either the U.S. and or Iran or whether a more harmonious, altruistically charitable and trusting energy will prevail and de-escalate the situation. Stay tuned because on June 26th next week, Mercury enters Leo, moving from the more demure, reticent energy of Cancer and into the louder, look at me, look at me, center stage nature of Leo. So again, I would expect some drum beating then, but whether it stops at such posturing and words or whether it escalates further into the physical world remains to be seen. So while we're on the topic of the U.S., I'd like to introduce this week's guest. Mitchell Lewis has been a professional astrologer in New York City for more than two decades who specializes in financial astrology and medical chart interpretation, as well as relationships, elective astrology, and life direction. Mitchell works with natal charts, transits, solar arc direction, secondary progressions, and composite charts, which are relationship charts. Throughout the 1990s, he worked on the floor of the New York Mercantile Exchange and became well-known as an astrological trader and market analyst. He's been quoted in Barron's, the New York Daily News, and many other publications. Since 2011, Mitchell has been a regular guest on Coast to Coast with Greg Nury, where he discusses the economy, politics, and the future of our society. In Living by Starlight, his ongoing monthly newsletter, as well as in lectures and numerous appearances on national television and radio, Mitchell has accurately predicted a number of world events, including the rise of oil prices, the collapse of the housing market, and the 08 stock market crash, which he precisely foretold within days of its occurrence more than a year in advance. Recently, he lectured at the United Astrologers Conference, UAC, in Chicago in May 2018. Mitch is also the author of the Starlight Detective Agency mystery series, which highlights protagonist astrologer detective David Lowell and features New York City as a backdrop. The books have developed a cult following among savvy mystery buffs, and the third novel in the series, Evil in the First House, was published recently by Poison Pen Press, and the fourth book in the series, Satan in the Second House, will be available soon. Well, welcome, Mitch. I'm so pleased that you could be with me today, and I'm really thrilled about your topic. How are you? I'm good, I'm Sherry. Good, How are you? Nice to talk to you, as always. Yeah, same here. I always love my New Yorker friends. Ah. <laughs> I call you Paisan. <laughs> That's right. Only if I come from Brooklyn, though. 
Well, yeah, I told you, I think I was raised on Staten Island, which is 85% Italian. And although I'm not Italian, I, you know, it's just like New York is so Italian. But I know you're not you're not necessarily from you where know, I come from. Staten Island tried to secede from New York several times. You know, yeah, that. that's, that's how bright they are. Who would be picking up the trash? We'd be picking like. 50,000 times more for trash removal. Trust well, me. Well, they, they closed down those those uh, landfills in Staten Island. Well, not even that, though. I'm just saying, you know, as part of New York, they obviously have a lot of connection to, you know, municipal services <laughs> that they would have to take care of themselves. And left to their own devices, I think it would become a little fiefdom, you know? Well, let's yeah. get into the let's get into the world events. Absolutely. We have so, so much to cover. Yes. So first, let me ask you if there's anything you'd like to say uh, about Neptune Station Retrograde today. I mean, is there any particular way you'd recommend that folks best handle this energy over the next couple months? Well, you covered a great deal of it. Neptune has a lot to do with creative work. And if you're a writer, a musician, a singer, you have a musical you're trying to produce, this is a good time to do the work, but not a great time to present it to the public. I prefer to do that when Mer- uh, when Neptune is direct. And the same thing with <clears throat> the other planets being retrograde or direct. But it doesn't prevent us from doing the work. There's a great deal of misunderstanding about retrograde planets. People think that, well, for example, I know professional astrologers who won't leave the house when Mercury's retrograde. Uh, <laughs> I laugh. I say they say to me, Mercury's retrograde. I said it is. I forgot. You know. Of course, we don't forget, but I don't pay that much attention to it. I pay more attention to where I'm walking, whether a cab is going to run me down, how the M15 bus is turning. So <laughs> right. it's what we're going through now with the Neptune retrograde. Remember, in the in the 2016 election, as you, you spoke about Saturn and Neptune's relationship in your introduction, they mm-hmm. were in square. And that's one of the reasons why we have the government that we have now. Mm-hmm. Neptune tends to dissolve what it comes in contact with, and Saturn tends to limit what it comes in contact with. When they are working well together, well, then you can create reality out of your fantasies. I've got several clients who are immensely wealthy, and several of them have this in conjunct. They're able to make a reality out of their fantasies, and they make great deals of money or whatever it is they're doing and there are many very famous artists and broadway uh, composers who have this configuration too but Mm -hmm. for many of us when these two planets are in contact whether it's a square in opposition or a conjunct what we call the hard aspects it's very difficult because they're fighting for domain and what happened in 2016 is that our fantasy about what america should be was restricted by saturn and our sense of reality about what Saturn is cre- creates was dissolved by Neptune. Mm-hmm. And so we are living through a time that I personally, and I don't get into the politics if I can help it, uh, it's getting harder and harder not to, but there's uh, mm-hmm. just a sense of, of, there's a lack of reality and structure and stability to everything that's happening. You know, and uh, the further that we get deeper into this, you know, when we look at the at the election of 2020, and we look at that chart, mm-hmm. uh, obviously everybody wants to know who's going to win. Well, it's too early to tell who the Democratic nominee is going to be. But in my lecture that I'm doing for you guys in Philly, mm-hmm. I'm bringing up Joe Biden's chart, Donald Trump's chart, America's chart, the New York Stock Exchange's chart. It's all connected. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, as we go into a deeper analysis of 2020 and then further on into 2021 and 22, because remember, things take a long time to happen. Mm-hmm. The the uh, for example, one of the things I'm going to be doing uh, on Sunday is I'm going back over historical events. I like to do this, especially with the stock market. And we're going to be looking at the Dow essentially from the beginning of the last century until now rather quickly because I have a great deal to cover. But we're going to go over the historical uh, uh, configurations astrologically and financially. Mm-hmm. And what was occurring at the time and, and the recurring patterns that keep coming up. Now, there's no way, to, as you know, you can go through a Saturn, uh, first Saturn return when you're 29 years old, and then your second Saturn return at 57 or so might be nothing like the first Saturn return. Mm-hmm. And you can go through a Mercury squared Jupiter. And then, you know, six, eight months later, you'll go through it, or actually even quicker, you'll go through that same square. It'll be completely different. So each time that an aspect recurs does not imply that the same events are going to take place. You think so? It's so funny because I don't know if I agree with that or not, but you probably have more experience than I do with, with you know, reading actual charts because it seems to me there's always a... Um, there's always a resonance, but, you know, we have the opportunity to make the outcome different. It's kind of like, what did we learn, right? The difference well, between a first return and a second could be huge, but it could be based on how much we've grown in consciousness, you know? Yeah, I found, I found it to be completely different. And I'll tell yeah. you, Sherry, my years of trading uh, commodities taught me more about astrology than anything else because I was able to watch astrology work on a world level day after day, day after day, constantly putting on trades, watching, listening, hearing about, though, there's a flood. I mean, for example, I traded cotton. That was the first commodity that I, that I got brought up there to trade. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to quickly study it or it would have been the shortest career in the world. <laughs> um, and I did, and I got very good at it. And I understood that there's a, there's a, a law uh, uh, on, in commodities and stocks that if you spread a rumor, you can go to jail. Mm-hmm. And there's another saying on Wall Street, buy the rumor, sell the fact. Mm-hmm. Because, of, well, I'll give you a great example. We're looking at marijuana stocks now because obviously it's an exploding commodity. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a particular company, a Canadian company that I've been involved with for a while. And they were just about to legalize marijuana in Canada. And the stock ran up to $57 or something. And, mm-hmm. oh, my God, and everybody calls me up. Is this the time to buy it? I said, no, this is the time to short it. Sure mm-hmm. enough, almost immediately after it became legal, the stock dropped down to $27. Oh, wow. And uh-huh. I said, this is the time to buy it. And now it's back up into the high 40s. Mm-hmm. Because all of that money was put into the market already. We know it's going to be legalized. Everybody's buying it fast. Let's do it now. And then as soon as it, the reality happened, people took out their profits. This is what happens. People, uh, you know, small traders get caught in the middle. Big traders, they, they grab their money and they run. So just an example, one quick example of, of it. Uh, you know, you, we, we all read Rob Hand's book, a great Bible. I, I've always loved his transit book. Everybody reads it when we're studying astrology. Mm-hmm. And I understand, by the way, that he is doing an update of it. I've yes, saw. he is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so we're all looking forward to that. Yep. But one of the problems with Rob Hand's book and with anybody who looks at, at transits that way is that it limits your perspective. 
oh, Saturn is opposing your Venus. Therefore, now certainly some things will be similar each time Saturn opposes Venus. But I know people who, well, for example, sometimes when Saturn opposes Venus, you can't get a date uh, no matter what you do. <laughs> other times, <laughs> other times you meet somebody and you marry them and you stay together for the next 40 years. <laughs> Same transit, completely different results. Yeah, yeah, but let me say this, though, Mitchell. Isn't it true that you can't just look at one transit in isolation? You still have to look at everything in the chart, of and that's going to But, Sherry, that's, but that's, why I'm, that's exactly the point that I'm making, to assume mm -hmm. that every time that a transit comes along, it's going to have the same effect. That's limiting your, your perspective on whether it's a client or, or an event you're looking at or anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, when you know, uh, on Sunday when I do the PowerPoint presentation, you'll get a better idea. You'll have a visual, and I'll show you some of the things that occurred, and then reoccurred. The same exact aspect reoccurred, and the results were much different. Mm, okay. All right. Oh, cool. But uh, it doesn't matter. You know, everybody's got their way of every. You know, all roads lead to Rome. Doesn't mean that I want to take your road. I might want to take the you know the, the road less traveled, as they say. Yeah. yeah absolutely. All right, so when, when we're dealing with the period of time that we're dealing with now, with such divisiveness in our society, uh, and, and absolutely no, no, no way to, it's, we're like a married couple shouting at each other across the kitchen table. Yeah, ain't that the truth, yeah. And it's not going to change, not immediately anyway, no mm -hmm. matter how much we wish and hope and pray, mm -hmm. because the underlying themes that are, that are, are occurring you know, we're going through our, our Pluto return, as you, as you know. Mm -hmm. And Pluto in the body represents the elimination of waste. Mm -hmm. It rules the colon, the erythra, the sweat glands, even the tear ducts. Any way that we eliminate waste from ourselves is Pluto's domain. If you're doing a horary read and Pluto is very prominent in the chart, maybe on the ascendant or something, and you lost your wedding ring, look near the toilet or in the garbage disposal or in your garbage pail. <laughs> We'll find it. <laughs> I once you're you're making me flash. I once had to uh, empty the vacuum cleaner and go through you know the crap inside <laughs> of it because I thought my my wedding ring or whatever was in there. Was it? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, so what America's going through is its Pluto return, something that you and I will never experience unless they really elongate life, because it takes yeah. about 240 years to go around the zodiac. But America's going through it now, and we are in a position where we need to eliminate waste, clean up the in infection that is buried underneath. When I do my medical reads, if Pluto is prominent, first, of course, I, I check, uh, the, you know, I have them check the colon or their other, other areas of the body that then, or the reproductive organs. Uh, but then I look at hidden infections. Now, Neptune has to do with infections, not Pluto. But Pluto has to do with hiding. Mm -hmm. And if you have Neptune and Pluto active in a, in a chart and you're doing a medical read, you look for hidden infections. I just recently got an email from a new client, told me, oh, what a genius I am. We all love to hear that. <laughs> right. Because I told her that there was an infection and inflammation, and that's what she had to deal with. And she went to the doctor, and sure enough, they found Lyme disease, which they had tested for before but never showed up. Uh, and she's now on antibiotics and on anti-inflammatories because of the inflammation in the joints that the Lyme disease is creating. Right. So, so, so we're looking at this incredible buildup of, of energy, the 2020 Great Alignment. Mm 
Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto, Mars, all going to be conjunct in Capricorn. Right. Now, they're not all going to be on top of our Pluto at the same time because the planets move at different uh, uh, periods of time, you know, different uh, uh, speeds and whatnot. And on election day, Saturn will be at 26 degrees, 21 minutes Capricorn. Mm -hmm. Our Pluto is 27 degrees, 32 minutes. Right. Saturn is very close to the Pluto. Right. Uh, Neptune, while it hasn't gotten there and it won't get there for a few more years, which is why I've extended my lecture to about 2022, because mm-hmm. I think it's going to take that long for these events to completely work themselves out. Neptune's coming through the opposition of America's Neptune. Right. Same time that Pluto will be on top of America's Pluto. Mm-hmm. Dealing, dealing with some serious energy here. This is not going to be a walk in the park, and nobody's going to get out of this without being slightly uh, scarred, if you will. But I think that it's very important that we clean out what is infecting America and has been infecting America essentially since its inception. Racism, anti-Semitism, uh, you know, inequality. I mean, I mean, I know I sound like a like a forgive me for using a dirty word, a liberal. But, <laughs> but now you're preaching to the choir. I, I know, I know. But there are many people out there who don't agree. No, and every so often, when I write my political stuff in my newsletter, I'll get an email. Please take me off your mailing list, right. and, and keep your liberal crap to yourself. I say, I say, I say, take yourself off. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, you know, I, I mean, I'm not going to fight with people about no, it, no, but I, I'm, and I'm not going to change anybody's mind. Uh, although I certainly would like to, with logic. Right. We're we're in a period where logic doesn't seem to really hold much sway. No, not at all. You know, I mean, I, I, I am, I've always, I'm deeply an environmentalist. Have been since the 1970s. Mm-hmm. I wrote a song. I think I copyrighted around 1983 called "I'm Sorry, My Son." which I have thought about uh, uh, popping it out on fa- on uh, YouTube. I might be putting more yeah, money. Yeah, you should. I have, I've recorded about, f- I've written about 500 songs, Sherry. I've recorded. Wow. God yes, put them on YouTube. Then Many. we'll send people there. Yeah, get a growing following. That's cool. Yeah, I, I probably should. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm so busy. You plan it now while Neptune's retrograde. <laughs> That's right. You project it out there when Neptune goes direct. Exactly. Right. <laughs> anyway, so when I look at Donald Trump's chart and I look at the, Joe Biden's chart, uh, Donald well, Trump. Can I interrupt you for just a sure, second? I just want to go back to what you said because I think it's very interesting. You know, one of my pet peeves, um, and this is one of the things that puts Elizabeth Warren in my mind, not that I want to talk politics with you, you know, either in a partisan way, but um, is um, the the derivation of news media outlets that have deteriorated into uh, innuendo, slander, you know, uh, deception and all that kind of stuff, totally partisan. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you would include, you know, the whole nature of politics has changed and become the he said, she said, us versus them, not with Trump, but with Fox News and and the beginning of that era in the late 80s. But when you say, you know, infection and cleaning out the infection, are you saying that, you know, these transits will be the beginning of taking care of that? Well, we can only hope. Uh-huh. See, Sherry, there's a difference between being what my grandmother used to call a Kuttenwaffe. Uh-huh. That, mean, that means a card thrower. 
to Vaf is to throw a goodness card. A fortune teller. Right, right. And being an astrologer. Mm-hmm. Now, I also do the tarot. I've done it for many, many decades, and I've had wonderful, amazing results with it, frighteningly good. Mm-hmm. But I still believe in astrology more than I do any other form of predictiveness. And <clears throat> what the astrology is telling me is this. Uh-huh. We, are at, we all know we're at a crossroads, okay? We yes. all know that we're essentially at the precipice. If we step off, that's it. We're done. Uh-huh. But if we can redirect our footing to a more secure place. Now, I'm paying a lot of attention, as most of us are, to what all of the candidates are saying. Oh, I don't like what, you know, certain things that Joe Biden is saying. And I have problems with this one and that one. And, you know, I've never there's a there's a very funny scene, I think, in Annie Hall. Where Woody Allen uh, is with his his wife at the time and she finds a box of of. Uh, of uh, buttons and she mm-hmm. takes them out and she says Im- impeach eisenhower impeach oh, kennedy yeah, yeah. Impeach johnson <laughs> impeach nixon impeach every president he's got a button to impeach right right and the point being of course is that we're not going to find perfect uh perfect isn't really uh, you know if we, it, it, it's like finding a lover i don't want a lover who's perfect if she's perfect what does she need me for <laughs> right well that's what i'm saying be- about neptune too yeah right exactly and since we would de- since we elected Mr. Trump under Saturn square Neptune, mm-hmm. the entire purpose, if you want to look at that as the birth chart, so to speak, mm-hmm. the entire purpose is to figure out the difference between f- illusion and reality. Right. That's exactly what we do. The man has lied 10,000 times. Right. And he doesn't believe in global warming and he doesn't believe in this and he doesn't believe in. Okay. So. What we're dealing with now is the Saturn, Pluto, Jupiter coming together. Saturn is reality. Pluto is deep-rooted change. Jupiter is expansion and optimism. You add that all up, that can go either one of two ways. Mm-hmm. Remember, Pluto rules plutonium. Right. And by the way, Pluto rules oil, not Neptune. Now, you mentioned earlier something about Neptune and oil. I want, just wanted to, to make a point about that. Pluto rules oil. It rules the oil uh, markets. In fact, I have a, an article for the NCGR coming out this month. If you get a few minutes, look through it because I show the chart of oil and the history of it. Um, mm-hmm. But all of this is coming to a head, including oil. Why is the price of oil so low now? Well, in part because it's in Cap- Pluto's in Capricorn and it's conjunct Saturn. But also that's the astrological reason. But the realistic reason is because America now produces and exports more oil than any other country in the world. Right, right. With Canada, of course. And so we have become what we, well, what's that old saying? You, if you're not careful, you become what you fear the most. We mock the thing we are to be. Now, that's Mel Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, look, we get our philosophy from a lot of places. We get our philosophy from comedians, too. Uh, for well, example, of, um, what do you call it? We have met the enemy and he is us. That's uh, Walt Kelly from Pogo. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So so we're dealing with all of this. And when you look at the 2020 election and you put you lay Donald Trump's chart out, for example, there are two things that stand out instantly. One is that Saturn, Pluto, and Jupiter are all in opposition to his Saturn-Venus conjunct. Right. Saturn opposite Saturn-Venus is not what one would call a particularly positive aspect, but 
Saturn can bring reality and foundation and structure. Mm -hmm. Jupiter, of course, in opposition to his Venus is very positive, but in opposition to Saturn, not so much. And Pluto is very close to the opposition to his Saturn. I believe that that stellium in opposition to his Venus uh, Saturn does not bode well for his re-election. Right. But, but the North Node is almost exactly conjunct his North Node. Right, right. The tenths. Yeah. All right. So does that mean, am I, am I putting a bet down? Well, actually, if I were a betting man, which at times I am, uh, I would bet against Donald Trump getting reelected. But I also know that we're in a period where because of the intensity of the aspects that are happening, this may not be a fair game in the playground. Right, right. And just as, you know, Hillary won by three million votes, right. um, Trump is in the White House. Don't you think, though, that the uh, the Saturn, Jupiter, Pluto, especially Pluto, longer lo longer lasting transit opposing the Venus Saturn, as opposed to the transiting North Node? That's what you're talking about, right? The transiting North Node hitting his sun. Hitting his yeah, hitting his node basically. Oh, his North Node. Yeah, well, that's a nodal return, but he's yeah okay yeah. I thought Look, it was his son. Sherry, yeah. remember, remember, we you know as astrologers we deal with two things: we deal with the immediate and we deal with the longer term. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, an event, a fast event, can change your life forever. You know, you you got the Venus crossing you, the solar arc directed Venus crossing Uranus, and you go and you play a scratch off ticket and you win nine million dollars. <laughs> Wait, when? Right, right, up, the, right up the street from me, a woman won twelve and a half million dollars on a scratch-off ticket last week. Really? Wow. Yeah, I can't find her. I ask her out for a glass of wine, you know. But, but, um, so something like that can change your life. And I also read about a woman in New Jersey who won a big lottery, and a month later was run over by a truck and killed. Oh wow! Now, okay. Wow. So you know, you want to play the game. What would yeah. happen if she hadn't won the lottery? Maybe she wouldn't have crossed the street that day. Huh. Who knows? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, that's huh. very much a theme in my next uh, murder mystery, by the way, about oh. how, how our events of the past, uh, one, one, you know, one domino falls and so does the next and the next. Oh, uh, yeah. That's karma, you know. Right. Yeah. Oh. Interesting. So. In Joe Biden's chart, just for example, we don't know who's going to be the Democratic nominee. Biden looks mm -hmm. terrific right now. He's got the numbers. But, you know, Joe tends to like to chew on his, on his shoes. And he's always yeah. putting his foot in his mouth. And who knows what's going to happen. And if the Democrats turn on each other. There was a very famous comedian called Will Rogers back in the vaudeville days and early mm -hmm. movies. And Will Rogers was a political comedian. And one day uh, a reporter said to him, Mr. Rogers, what? political party are you affiliated with he said i'm not a member of any organized party i'm a democrat mm. <laughs> interesting and we have seen it happen in the past we saw it happen frankly in 2016 if the democrats go at each other with sufficient uh, uh you know velocity and anger they're going to tear themselves down and uh, then you will have four more years of donald trump yeah, it's interesting. I saw, I think it was on Rachel Maddow's show, there's a group that I believe is called Indivisible, and they had gone around, this was maybe a month or six weeks ago that I saw the piece, they'd gone around to all of the current Democratic potentials, 
and asked them to sign a pledge that whoever won the nominee, they would throw everything they had behind that one person. Right, right. And I think they had 13, right after, you know, out of 20 or something like that at that time. Well, they may eventually do it, but, you know, if they do enough damage to somebody's reputation, I'm sorry, but there were an awful lot of Bernie Sanders people who did not vote for Hillary. No, I know that. I know. And that. if they had, we would not have Trump. Now, I'm not even giving right, wrong, good, bad. Do you love Hillary? You hate Hillary? I don't want to get into that. But I do want to recognize, you know, there are also a number of states who have passed state laws mm-hmm. that they are giving all of their electoral votes to whoever wins the, 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 uh, the popular vote. Right, right. There's the also a few movements, wasn't it? Was it Washington State? They won't put... Um, Trump on the ballot until he releases. No, that was California, but I don't think they're going to be able to get away with it. I was going to say that might not stand up constitutionally. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now there's a couple of questions that you had written to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, One was, uh, what's my take on the current U.S. economy? Where do I think it's heading? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't sound good. (laughs) No, it, it isn't. And I have I have been saying for a year or more, especially to my older clients and friends, if you're 30 years old and you have money in a retirement fund, well, you know, if it's in stocks, leave it. If the stocks crash, you know what rich people do when there's a stock market crash? They buy it. Buy, yeah. But what happens in a crash is that the middle class gets panicky. And they go, oh, my God, and they get out at the worst possible time. After the market has already dropped and it's 25% less, and that's when they get out, and then they don't have the money to get back in again, or, the, or they, they're afraid to get back in. Right, right. Right. So we're at a point now where the market is is so manipulated now. Donald Trump is a great manipulator. You have to give the devil its due. Mm-hmm. He's very, very good at what he does. Well, he's great at creating an image, yeah. Well, more than that, he creates chaos and then he pretends to fix it. Right, right. He does this in politics. He does it in the economy. He starts a trade war with Mexico, and then the markets drop 400 points, and a week later he comes back and says, no, I changed my mind. They're being good people, and the market runs up 800 points. Right. Please, right. if you sit and watch, I know you have things to do. It's not, it's not your your uh, uh, point to sit and you know and study the, the stock markets all day long, mm-hmm. but you watch that every time this man tweets, the markets move hundreds of points. This is manipulation. Right, right. And we are heading towards and this is not just from the astrology but i have a number of friends uh who work in the bond pits in chicago i have some very wealthy uh uh, hedge fund friends and they are all saying the same thing we are heading into a debt fueled recession and this crash will not be fixed the way that the 08 crash was because we don't have the government to do it right right now, I don't, I don't agree with everything Obama did either. I'm, I'm like Woody Allen, impeach this one, impeach that one. But, <laughs> right. but I, I do know that the policies that they put into place prevented a second Great Depression. Right, absolutely. I still think that the car companies should have been spanked. I think that the banks, should have, half of them should have gone to jail. Yep. But, uh, all right, but whatever. He prevented it from happening because they had a clear head and they understood. And so they did what they did. This administration doesn't know what the hell they're doing. And if we go into a crash before Donald Trump leaves office, well, then he's not. it's going to become a terrible one. And I'll tell you something funny, Sherry. Trump recently said, tweeted, whatever, if you don't elect me, there's going to be a stock market crash in early 2021. 
You want to know the funny thing about it? That's exactly when the stock market crash is going to yeah, happen. Yeah, people are beginning to speculate that he has an astrologer working with him. <laughs> if he does, he's got a bad one. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah. but uh, that's when the crash is going to happen, no matter who gets elected. Right, right. Well, the and, question is, will it come early enough to affect the election? No, I don't think it's going to matter. I think what's going to happen is that they're going to keep puffing this up because there are there are very wealthy people in this country who want him to continue in office. Yeah, yeah. And all they have to do is keep buying up those stocks. Now, do I think that the market is a place to be in right now? No. No. We're going to this mark we're in a we're in a sideways moving market. Mm-hmm. It today yesterday it ran up a few hundred points. I forget 300 and something. Today mm-hmm. it was up hundreds and then it came back down again when the Iranian problem right. The drone happened and back and forth and back and forth. I think you'd be a fool to put your retirement fund at risk in this market. Even if I'm wrong and they rally it up a thousand points, what that's not going to mean that much in your retirement fund. And if you don't get out in time, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Right. We are building this market on quicksand. Mm-hmm. There's nothing underneath it. We don't have a solid – We have the economy is okay. It's growing at around 2%. The real problem that the feds are having right now is deflation, not inflation. Mm-hmm. And with deflation usually comes recessions. Right. You, know, you know why marijuana is illegal? In part, partially because of William Randolph Hearst, but also because there was a law in the 1930s because the price of commodities had gone down so far. That if you grew corn in Iowa for your family and you sold a little of it and you had leftover corn, so you drove a truck into the state next to it and sold it, you'd go to jail. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. It was the price so low that they were afraid that people were going to do, use that and manipulate it. And so they used the tax, the interstate tax law as one of the reasons for outlawing hemp. Huh. Very funny, very funny uh, history, That's- all of this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So what should people do? I mean, what I'm not obviously asking you to give investment advice to individuals here, but are you saying that people should move into cash or are you say, I mean, I understand what you're saying. If you're young, you let it ride. Yeah. But if you're closer to retirement age, you know, what is it you would recommend people do in terms of looking at their portfolios? My, my advice is at the very least have half your money in cash or bonds Mm-hmm. We're having, Sherry, we're having right now what's called an inversion. Mm-hmm. Usually when you buy a 30-year bond, you get a bigger return because you're taking a risk mm-hmm. that the economy is going to be solid and the money will be there in 30 years. So if you buy a one-year bond or a two-year bond, you usually get less. There's mm-hmm. an inversion happening now. The 30-year bond is paying less than the short-term bonds because, right. no, because nobody has enough faith in, our, in the depth of our society and our, and our economy. Mm-hmm. And that almost always precedes a rather intense recession. So I believe that we are heading into recession. I think it will begin uh, this year, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure that we're going to see enough results of it to affect the election. Now, yep. I, but I still, if I had to make a prediction, which is what they pay me for, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I predicted Bush's two elections and Obama's two elections, mm-hmm. and I did not. I, I said that Hillary would win the last election, like many astrologers did. Mm-hmm. And I even did a mea culpa on uh, on uh, Facebook. Oh, I hope you haven't lost faith in me or astrology, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't always get it right. 
And yes, I know Hillary won the popular vote and blah, blah, blah. But so I'm not I'm not sure yet. Mm-hmm. But I but it doesn't look good for Donald Trump. A lot has to do with who he's up against. Right. Of course. We don't know that yet. Right. 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 What over the next couple of weeks we're going to see these debates, and we'll see what comes out of them. It may they may prove somewhat decisive, and it may just be a lot of hot air. I don't know. Right. Right. But you're basically saying that we hope we don't see a lot of Democrats tearing into each other, and then lessening the chances of people rallying behind the one that gets the nomination, right? And when you're dealing with somebody like Trump, all he's going to do is stand up there and say, even, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders tore uh, Biden apart. Vote for him. You You know, it's just the way he plays. Right, right, right. Yeah. I think the Democrats are so, struggling so mightily with not retaliating, fighting fire with fire, and they haven't figured out, you know, how to take him on. So that's both collectively and once we come up with an individual, you know. The Democrats play baseball. The Republicans play football. <laughs> that's the first time I've heard that. How interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I drew that from, from a, uh, uh, what's his name, the old comedian who just died a few years ago, George Carlin. Uh-huh. He used to do this routine about baseball. Baseball, you punt, you tag the guy out. I mean, you 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 know, you bunt, you tag the guy out, you run around the bases. Football, you tear his goddamn head off. Right, right. <laughs> and that's the difference between the Republicans and the Democrats. Wow, wow, interesting. Oh my God. Well, you know what? We have only a couple minutes left. It's always a pleasure talking to you. I want to do the drawing now um, for the free recording of your survival guide to America's Pluto return and the great Capricorn alignment of 2020. And again, this is going to be a recorded lecture that's going to be far longer than what you've heard here. So um, we had um, a good number of people who are interested in receiving that. And I'm going to choose one now from my little bowl. And that would be, dun, 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 Lori Waits. So I will contact Lori, especially if she's not listening to this live show, as soon as we get off and let her know. And um, I'm hoping, too, Mitch, you can make um, the PowerPoint available and you can just send that to me. But we can talk about that later. But anyway, tell me um, how people. Well, first of all, I want to tell everybody if you're local to the Philly, New Jersey, New York area and you want to come to Mitch's lecture, it's going to be Sunday, June 23rd at, in uh, Willow Grove, Pennsylvania at the Giant Supermarket there. And you can go on to Facebook and look it up on NCGR Philadelphia. I think they're under Philadelphia NCGR. Um, and, uh, or look up Philadelphia NCGR by Googling it, and you'll see all the details there. It's from 1 o'clock till 5 o'clock on Sunday. And if anyone is interested in the topic of, you know, the markets and economics and all the stuff, the election that we've been talking about, I know Mitch is also going to talk about health care and a few other really, really important things, climate change, you know, more about income inequality and cryptocurrencies. So I highly recommend that if you're able to make it, uh, you know, take a few hours out of your day and come meet some other astrology enthusiasts in Philly. But meanwhile, Mitch, how can people reach you if they want to learn more about your lecture schedule, what else you put out there, your newsletters, your books that you mentioned, or to sign up for your newsletter list, or perhaps book a reading with you? All right. Well, the easiest way is probably through the website, 
which is mitchastro.com, mm -hmm. or through email, mitchastro at aol.com. I try and keep the name <laughs> so it's easier to remember. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, please please get in touch if you're interested in any of the work that I do. Uh, it's uh, it's what we live for. Absolutely. And, you know, it's uh, it's always great to talk to you, Sherry. I'm looking forward to Sunday. Should be a fun fun time. Oh yeah, and guess what? The weather's supposed to be great. Thank thank goodness. <laughs> it's the small things in life that that make us happy, right? We also we have a Venus Jupiter opposition at a quarter to one that day. That'll be nice. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll just like sink into our seats lazily. <laughs> <laughs> And relax and prepare for a, a very enjoyable afternoon. So I'm psyched. But um, what was I going to say? Um, there was something else I was going to say. Oh, I just wanted to tell people, if they're interested also, to contact Mitch and sign up for his newsletter. Because I get his regular newsletters, and they're really helpful just to looking at the energies of the month ahead. So, um, you know, definitely think about that, too. And, uh, yeah, and, buy, and buy the murder mysteries. They're a lot of fun. Yeah, they're on Amazon, right? They're everywhere. Yeah, okay. So just look up Mitchell Lewis. You'll find them. And next time you're on, we'll give away one of those. Okay. 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 Cool. Well, thank you so much, Mitch. And thanks to everyone else for joining me. I hope you've all found the information presented here helpful as you continue your karmic evolution in this lifetime. Be sure to join me next week, June 27th, for another episode of Karmic Evolutions, Astrologically Speaking, when my guest will be professional UK-based astrologer James Lynn Page, and we'll be talking about the upcoming eclipse season. Till then, may your journey be filled with karmic healing and the joy of greater consciousness. Namaste. Long ago, before this day's confusion did be. Throughout the stars did we go wandering Distance was no barrier And time it had no hope Free to come And free to go Free to come And free Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.